COVID-19 safety measures were strictly adhered to at all times during this production. Welcome to our new podcast, The Anku. I'm Yanling. And I'm Sean. And usually on our usual freelance creative exchange podcast, we talk to professionals about how to supercharge their freelance careers. But after speaking to so many people, we were thinking, how did they get so cool? I mean, in order to achieve their successes and fame, they must have been pretty uncool at a certain point. No matter what kind of successes they have, we get our guests to dish out all the awkward moments that led them to where they are now. Some are even putting the cool in uncool jobs. So let's go talk to the uncools. So Gui is, uh, this is his book, The Little Donku, and uh, he's going to give us a little... I or you? You. Uh, uh, he's going to teach me <laughs> how to read this in Singlish, in the proper Singlish Excellent way, <laughs> and then I'll I'll try this. Okay, so this is uh. Hello, said the fox. Hello, the little donku politely turning around to see Bolang. Over here, lah, said the voice under the apple tree. You are who? Asked the little donku. You see, be handsome, I is a fox, said the fox. Lie, lie, play me, said the little donku. I very the set. Cannot lah, said the fox. I not tame one. Or paise, said the little donku. After thinking a bit, he added, Uh, tame means what, ah? You know from here one is it, said the fox. You looking for what, ah? Looking for people, law, said the little tengku. So tame means what? People, said the fox. They got guns and they hunt one. See, brave, they hunt them. They also keep chickens. The only thing of interest. You looking for chickens, ah? No, lah, said the little tengku. I'm looking for the kawan, kawan. So tame means what? Something forgotten these days, law, said the fox. It means to make ties. Mm. Okay. How was that? <laughs> not bad, not bad, not bad. No, as English as you can make yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a bit of 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 a I mean, other the, people can do other ways. This is the master. No, no, the no. It's just how I hear the voice in my head. Oh, okay. <laughs> then got a fox lie. Hello, said the fox. Hello, the little tengku politely turning around to see Bolang. Over here, la, said the voice under the apple tree. Uh, you are who? Uh? Said the little tengku. You see the handsome there. I is a fox, said the fox. Lie, lie. Play with me, said the little tengku. I very sad. Cannot lah, said the fox. I not tame one. Oh, paise, said the little tengku. After thinking a bit, he added, Tame means what ah? You not from here one, is it? Said the fox. You looking for what ah? Looking for people lor, said the little tengku. So tame means what? People ah, said the fox. They got guns, they hunt one. See we Brita hunt them. They also keep chicken. The only thing of interest. You looking for chicken ah? No lah, said the little tungku. I'm looking for kawan-kawan. So tame means what? Something forgotten these days, Liao, said the fox. It means to make ties. Um, <laughs> this is how I do it. It's so interesting how Singlish comes along with your intonation. Yeah, yeah. It, right? it, 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 it changes intonation. it a yeah, little exactly. bit. Yeah. So, you know, even if a, sing, a Singaporean speak... Uh, 
uh, proper English yeah. with the uh, uh, you know he's uh, he can speak English one he or she can speak English one. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. So he goes. We have all different styles. He says my English very angmo. He says so so as Yanling's English. My my English comes in every day. Oh. In everyday life, yeah, you can do the two. I, la, you can do the. Uh, I yeah, I speak more in um uh, my sounds uh. than with actual words. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> now, now, so I don't know whether I should feel offended. See, I'm like, I'm supposed to be. Wait, why is it supposed to be? Doing yeah, not Singlish like? enough. <laughs> no, it's English. It's just that he's more a more pie, right? A more pie, Singlish. <laughs> No, it's true. I mean, there's a whole range of it. If you go to Chinese speaking people uh, and, the, and the way they speak English, it's also quite different. The intonation is more, more, more subtle. Can you imagine? There's different dialects of English. Mm. Um, <laughs> depends, lah. <laughs> like. You can you can code switch between English as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, when I speak to my more Chinese friends, my English also change. That's true. Mm. I speak slightly different with my mm. Malay friends ah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you had a PhD from Newtonism in the 18th century poetry, and then you wrote a web series about Singlish. That's a huge leap in subject matter. So how did it happen? There's a, uh, there's no, there's no connection. The 18th century uh, literature bit. Uh, deals with uh, one part of myself that has been curious about the relationship between science and literature uh, since I uh, since I started studying literature because I came from a science background and uh, from JC onwards I decided I will actually do literature uh, I didn't do very well in fact in secondary school in ACS I flunked lit uh, you know, uh, <laughs> really, I have yeah, I have, I have the report card to show. I flunked lit, uh, but it was it was interesting, and I took it as a challenge to actually try to understand what is going on. Uh, and then when I did uh, literature in the university, I got more and more interested, and I realized that eighteenth century was the period when things really make the change when there was this split between uh, science and literature, and I I I I got curious about that. I have a lot of questions, and I. Thought the PhD would help me answer those questions. I think we are allowed to have uh, different interests, right? And um, the Singlish bit really uh, came out of the blue. It's just uh, something that has been part of my life for a long time. As a kid growing up, you know, learning in school, uh, speaking it uh, with friends, going to army, uh, you know, and then talking to people in this uh, colloquial speech that you know we try to hide from others that we don't want to uh, want us uh, hear us saying certain things about you know uh, uh, and that has always been one layer of my life and just didn't expect it to become an issue when I was asked to write about Singlish for the New York Times and so, uh, very strangely enough, um, the controversy at the time with that article uh, kind of threw me into a limelight that I didn't really kind of expect uh, to be in. So you didn't ask for it. It was just like, why is this a big matter? What was the whole controversy about then? Well, okay, so it's a long story, uh, Sean. Um, 
<laughs> uh, because there's also a back story. I'm just a regular English speaker like everybody in Singapore. Yes. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's pretty people, normal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are people who are in den- denial of it. No, really, there are people who are in denial of it. Uh, they, they think that they're not speaking Singlish. When when I listen to them telling me they're not speaking Singlish, it is in Singlish. Oh, you know? come but on. That's, 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 yeah, that's, that's, really, that's, really worrying. that's really worrying. They don't even know that they're speaking Singlish and they thought they'll be using English all along. And that's the advantage I get, I guess, as a, as a language person, you know. Mm. was studied in, into it you kind of realize hey you know and and also having lived overseas you kind of realize what is actually only the way we speak english and nobody else in the world <laughs> what's the rest of the world speaking you know, I, I guess speaking. i guess people assume that you know singlish is like oh you know you just lie and you lay yeah that's no, right. but yeah. there's a lot more to that yeah, yeah exactly there's a lot more to that the, the way we phrase things you know that nobody else phrases and then we for example like we use the word come right i mean uh, 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 like uh, come come yeah, yeah like, no 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 come not that come that kind of uh Festival come dinner. Oh, you know, oh. like your, 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 your local, your, your local district or your yeah, area yeah. would have this, this kind of things, right? Yeah. Your, your it's in so town. many posters. They've seen yeah, exactly. MP With your MP faces yeah. and, and all that. Yeah, and, they, and this is used wrong. I mean, I would say used wrongly, but it's used in a way that's antiquated. People don't use that word in that way. Uh, in most uh, English-speaking countries anymore, but we still inherit that use from the past, and we use it in a way that's also wrong. I mean, uh, the proper way to use it is to use it with hyphens, but we don't, and so mm. that, therefore it comes out very awkward. You know, I think if you ask any CNN Amo who see that word on the pad banner, they, they they can't but do a second look. You know, I said, like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, uh, you know, I thought this is a <laughs> decent country, and, and the, I get very amused also when people say, uh, "You go eat yourself, lah." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> eat yourself, okay, exactly, eat yourself. Right, I mean, how, how, how do you eat yourself? <laughs> <laughs> or you go and die, uh. <laughs> It's just the funniest. It's just the littlest things that you use every day, right? Yeah, so yeah. unconsciously. So, yeah. so why then are people so? Why do people then think so uncool? Or why they so 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 offended by it? You know? I think it's it's two things, lah. Right. Firstly, is the propaganda level where we have always been taught that Singlish is bad for English. Uh, mastery, uh, you know, I uh, mean that you know if you learn more, uh, speak more Singlish, it will affect your English, and then and then it will affect our economy, and then we we'll all go back to becoming a fishing village again. You know, that's the narrative that's been drunk to us when we were young. So in that in that sense, you know, people felt like they need to defend this, even though that you know there's very little logical linguistic underpinning to this logic, right? Uh, and then the 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 other thing is that you know, uh, people kind of feel. Uh, not they they, they, they they don't understand that their own English competence have not uh, 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 been improved. I mean, we don't actually actively strive to uh, uh, in, in school at least to, I guess, inculcate enough of the attention to proper grammar and all that. You know, and mm. I think that's the teachers themselves. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I I assume we have very good teachers, but uh, uh, I think you know. If people are not speaking English well after they come out from the school system, don't look to English. You know, uh, there's something about the pedagogy that we might want to look into, right? Uh, you don't mm. speak better English by speaking less English. Uh, mm. that, that that's not how it works. It's like if I speak less French, it doesn't make me more English. You know, it it does mm. not. Yeah, mm. you have to learn English properly, right? So I mean, again, there's there's that thing, but there's there's the 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 basically the distraction like that we kind of not see. Uh, 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 that the real problem lies in uh, elsewhere, elsewhere, and Singlish is actually do its own thing, you know. So, yeah. So that was it, lah. Eh, but coming back to the point about my the back back story mm. to the New York Times uh, issue was that uh, it began, if I remember, from two thousand fifteen. Why do I remember this? Was because 
I was supposed to give a talk on the day uh, uh, Lee Kuan Yew passed away mm. at the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy oh, okay. right? yeah. on Singlish. Okay. Right? And uh, in the morning, I got this contact and said, uh, uh, I mean, I, I contacted them and said, that, hey, you know, uh, 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 it's uh, uh, not uh, a good idea. Lee has passed away. I don't think it's a good idea to 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 have this today. And they mm. call back to me and say, "Yeah, I think so. So let's let's mm. not have it today." So I remember that distinctly because we then held it one month later, mm. right? And the result, the reason for that was that originally they wanted me to talk about my poetry. Uh, uh, the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy wanted me to talk about uh, um, uh, me as a poet, what my poetry is about. Introduced it to um, uh, their students mostly foreigners you know mm. uh, and, and so that at least they get a sense of singaporean poetry right mm. so that was the that was the original plan but as we got closer to the date they kind of realized uh you know hey they you know these people may not even be exposed to singaporean poetry so uh it kind of like putting the cart before the horse mm. so they said okay why not just focus on one aspect of your poetry that uh they may be interested in they said why not we then talk about one aspect of your poetry like, which is uh singlish you know say hey singlish is something they may have, must have encountered after a year in singapore mm. uh, and so why not we come at that i said yeah that's a good idea so i gave that talk on 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 uh, uh singlish that was what that was about you know and during that time that during the first time when they did it they didn't realize how popular the talk is now now this talks whenever i do it for little uh uh school of public policy uh they is is basically closed doors but at the time the first one was was open to the public to come and mm. a lot of people actually came you know uh, and it was a surprise interest in the topic and then someone took a snapshot of my slides and then he has been circulating without acknowledgement on now Twitter and all the kind or, or Instagram and all the kind of things, right? Um, cannot now. Uh, I want my IP rights. <laughs> but it's been cir- it's circulating, you know, and and uh, it, it has that kind of popularity until today. I still see that popping up, and then people sending it to me as I and I have to tell them, hey, this is my slide. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Why are they? It's like, hey, you might be interested yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like, yeah I wrote yeah, this. <laughs> you, you can't believe how many times it's like I keep getting this, right? People but say, hey, you got a dollar every time you got it. Yeah. Hey, Gui, there's this uh singlish translation of the little prince. Yeah, I'm the translator. <laughs> it, you know, yeah, I, I, I anyway, anyway, that's that's the that's the that's a that's the roundabout thing that happened lah. Uh, so when that talk became quite popular, yeah. uh, and Mr. Brown shared the mm. original uh, screenshot, which was taken from somebody else, uh, it, it went it went really viral, and uh, 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 um, and out of because of that. They got me to do the web series. Uh, New York Times contacted me and said, that, "Hey, why don't we? Uh, why why don't you write something on Singlish?" Mm. Yeah, and it just as really the whole Singlish adventure is made of accidents, one after another after another. I just I just. I just take the lead each time, you know. With, and, with and I just love how it sort of came into. Uh, sort of the attention of certain people only when it's a, on an international. Level, yeah. you know, the local news was like, eh, yeah. you know, you can deal with it, and then once it's in the international news, then it becomes an issue. I think Singlish yeah. has always been. We don't want other people to hear us speaking Singlish. Yeah. But, you know, of course, every day we speak it every day. Everybody understands. Yeah. Each other, and, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, y- you're right. I think the unfortunate thing also is that I noticed even in Singapore mm. the 
the foreigners or the new citizens are the people who are really interested in Singlish as opposed to the Singaporeans themselves you know we, we kind of felt like oh we, we speak it we know the grammar we don't have to know anything that is fine you know if you're yeah. on that note I'm fine with it but if you're on the on the on the level that says no hey we have to suppress it you know we cannot speak Singlish mm. you must speak good English and you tell it to me in Singlish I get very offended you know as in, <laughs> as in it's, it's know, a, it's which level of uh, of, of un, uh, yeah, subconscious speaking are you are you at you know I, I, I don't get it so what happened was that I think uh, like you got a, a, a statement released about from the uh, yes, Prime Minister's the, office uh, yes, secretary or something press, press secretary of uh, the Prime Minister uh, so what, what was the statement about and what? Uh, I really can't remember now but it's, it's still on the web you can still see it but it's not really a statement it's a, it's a reply to my article on, on, on Singlish uh, in in the New York Times, did, right? did it work well for you? I mean, they always say no, bad publicity, no it's, such thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but it was, it was bad because for a month after... I mean, when the article came out, of course, I have the uh, a number of people with different takes on it. La. People who either say that, hey, you know, why are you celebrating Singlish? And other people say, hey, this is great. You know, this is something that I can identify with. I mean, and you have a whole range in the middle. Mm. But then when the government came in, suddenly some people felt like they need to show their allegiance mm. to the authority. Oh, okay. You know? And so mm. whatever they may think about Singlish, when they originally may not even have any opinion about Singlish, mm. suddenly they have an opinion. Mm. You know, and it, it was quite bad because I needed to hide for one month or rather I just had to keep silent for one month and stop myself from saying anything because there were just all these voices on the internet and, and, they, and they, they allow all these opinion voices to come out and then you have all these funny uh, sudden uh, experts in Singlish <laughs> or some sudden experts in linguists even if they're nothing to, they have no training in linguists uh, linguistics at all coming out to say that oh Singlish is bad for the for 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 culture in Singapore, uh, Singlish is bad for you know uh, the future of Singapore. Then people coming out and say all sorts of things, and then you, you can't believe I I got a lot of hate mails, you know, uh, that was sent to me. Uh, hate people, mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People. That, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, yes, I got like hate mail. I got hate mail. People coming and say that how dare you, how dare you, uh, 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 um, uh, you know, uh, undermine my my kids' ability to uns uh to 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 grasp good English how dare you you know sabotage Singapore's future I get that kind of things but, but you, that's have, a, not but your you point, have a PhD right? in, in, in language so it, that gives you more right than them to to no, comment but about at the same no, that's time the point that, but that's the, that, that, that is also the government's point no? as in like I can do it because I am so smart I have a PhD but then look at the ordinary people the ordinary people are not educated you know? I mean I think I feel there's a, quite a bit of unfortunate looking down on mm. the capabilities of ordinary folk you know to say that we cannot the ordinary folk cannot do code switching. The ordinary ordinary folk can it's only speak true. one language. You know, you cannot oh, speak two languages. Right. Then what's the point of bilingualism? The whole point of bilingualism is you are able to speak two languages. Yeah. And as long as you can speak two language uh, languages, you can do code switching. Mm. Right? Yeah, so by extension, then you can code switch Singlish and no proper yeah, English. But we, we have been taught to say that we cannot. We are taught to say that the ordinary capability is not code switching. Is to we can only speak one good language. I understand. You know, but mm. uh, that, that, that's then then you you're totally undermining the whole official position that we ought to be bilingual, mm. right? And the whole basis of bilingualism is that you are able to move between language two uh, languages uh, with certain skill with mm. certain speed, right? And that is how Singlish came about. Singlish yeah. itself is dependent on code switching. If That's you got, don't code switch, you will have no uh, Singlish, right? And so yeah. Singlish that is true. It's the premise on it. Yeah, uh, because I, I remember 
you know just stories from my parents or um, the just the older generation that how it came about was because they they were illiterate they literally yes. didn't know they didn't go to school they didn't study but they had to communicate right they go yes. to the market they had to sell their wares and buy stuff and everyone spoke a different language yes but everyone understood each other yes <laughs> yes it's it's not just about literacy it's also yeah. about uh, uh, being able to be friends with mm. uh, I don't know, to be neighborly That's right true. you have to give a little and take a little you mm. cannot assert your own language you have to assume the right of other communities and their languages and we just you know, it's just chum chum, it just mix noise, chapalang, it just, you know, come on, come on, some, something like, and this is what Singlish is about. It's not just uh, bits and pieces of information, it's the way we formulate friendliness to one another in mm. Singapore. Mm -hmm. This is the, the whole, whole it's, a, it's a very strong value in Singapore. If you want to talk about kampong spirit, you know, Singlish has to be a strand. What I don't understand is why is this even a debate when you look to other English-speaking countries yeah. and they are not speaking proper English anyway. Yeah. Correct. I think we don't have that depth of understanding of how language works. You know, I mean, yes, there is a proper standard language, but when we speak normally, um, we adjust it according to our listeners. Mm -hmm. You know, mm. we don't speak high English to a person who is our friend or our family member, mm -hmm. we adjust it to a level um, where, you know, it's about our familiarity, mm. right? It's about our ownership of the language. So we can play with it. If something is owned by us, we can play with it. I guess it's, it's about Singapore evolving. La. I, I can understand at the time when English was for a large number of people yeah. uh, in Singapore, uh, a, a, a kind of a foreign or new language, right? Um, uh, I, I guess at one time when we all picked it up in school as a first language, but mm. maybe our grandparents didn't have that. Our parents maybe, but our, our grandparents definitely didn't have that, mm. right? So in a sense, it's not yet, in a sense, rooted in the culture. Mm. But by this time, we have about 50 years of having, you know, this, this thing in place. And, and, and in that sense, most Singaporeans, I think, you know, uh, would think in English. Mm. Uh, no, and, and we have to, have to accept that language has now this level where it is owned. Mm. You know, we can't say that it is just a foreigner's language. Mm. Right, and when you own a language, we have the right to play with it. Mm. Right, uh, and I think that's also a reason why poetry is such a big thing in Singapore compared to other Western countries. If you notice, most countries, uh, I mean, poetry is actually the minor genre, uh, the, mi the minor, minor medium mm. compared to novels. Mm. I think Singapore is one of the few countries in the world where poetry is the main, is their major, major literary that's medium. That's so, true. So, yeah. yeah. So on that note, then it's your kind of poetry then as one of a very prolific poets in this country no, my, my 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 poetry is different uh, i mean uh, you know in a way uh yes i did started off playing with singlish in poetry and that was in the book who wants to buy a book of poems right and from that title alone it's 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 quite uh singlish <laughs> yeah um uh uh so when it came out you know at the time in the 90s people don't really care about poetry and in fact, they were talking about the kind of death of poetry. I remember it was reported in newspaper. Mm. So it was part of the inspiration for the book title and also the idea for the book, la, mm. which is really, I just want to write poems that are fun, uh, uh, talk about ordinary life. Uh, and so I started off with humor poetry. Uh, the unfortunate thing about that is that, you know, in Singapore, the first book is always the most important. And my first poetry book kind of defined my, my, my image. So people always think that oh this Gui is always writing humor poetry. Yes, la, I mean about like sixty percent of my poetry are humor, but mm. the rest are not, you know. I mean I do deal with serious themes, uh, from love to death. 
uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm entirely fine if you just think of me as a human poet uh, because that then keeps me uh, under the radar. So it seems like you were the one who sort of start off this movement in a way. Uh, do you see yourself as that way, and what do you what do you think about this? I, you know, I, I nowadays mean, people are talking about it. Uh, again, uh, as I said, it's a series of coincidences, accidents that's, as that's led me to this point. And it's also the help and support. Uh, Tintin Fast, the German publisher who who uh, decides to test my theory that that Singlish is a language by making me translate the books he has rights to. Uh, <laughs> so I started off with Little Prince and uh, the next one, uh, which is uh, uh, Beatrix Walker. Um, <laughs> the, the tale of... Um, the tale of little Lambit. So, Peter Lambit. So in a sense, you are making English cool, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're making it cool by bringing it into things like, you know, the Little Prince, the Beatrix Potter. You, um, you publish a dictionary. So so you have made it cool in a sense. You made English cool uh, over the recent years. I think that what I... If you ask me, I think specifically the thing I did was that I, I, I think that argument has to move, right? The argument cannot be for decades and decades whether Singlish should be spoken or not. That is an mm. irrelevant question at the end of the day. Mm. But yet, at the national level, we keep getting stuck at this. Will mm. Singlish destroy yeah, my yeah, English? Yeah, yeah. Will, you know, it's like, I, we can have this conversation for going on forever. No the only way to cut this Gordon knot and move on is to say that, hey, can, uh, can someone prove that Singlish is a language? Mm. Mm. And once you can prove that, the, the argument is closed. Mm. Once you can differentiate the two, and, and, and it's actually good for understanding English. If you know that English is a language, then you know when you're speaking Singlish, the things that go into speaking Singlish, and what speaking English really means. You allow people to, to realize that, hey, all this time I've not been speaking English. The rules of Singlish and all will take time to develop. Yeah, you know? But right sure. now, I think we, no have defined. To move, yeah. we have to move, right? So if someone pick up this book and you read it and say, hey, it's English what then you're, you're in trouble because it's not in English it's in Singlish you know I mean okay. that's, that's what I mean by creating a point where we can finally say that we know what is English and what is Singlish once we can firstly acknowledge that Singlish is a language mm -hmm. uh, which is what the translations and, and all is about you know and then we can differentiate between English and Singlish and once you move on we can do the thing of acknowledging it as a marker of identity mm. and you know politicians will not feel shy I was looking at the definitions of how you speak Singlish and I was just speak lah <laughs> but I see yeah. I see how important it is yeah. you know uh, in, in moving it forward like what you said yeah. <laughs> it's just really interesting but it was so tiring to sort of dissect what we use every day yeah. unconsciously yeah. other than language uh, the other component is the history and again uh, mm. I, I feel like yes. you know I have the training in that I have looked at how in language evolves mm. through time especially the English language mm. Right, English language uh, at one time did not look like the English we know now. You know, I mean, in fact, if you look at uh, snippets of English across the different centuries, you see how it has changed. Right, and at the earliest form in the old English, it looks nothing like current English. You know, it's actually spelled and looked very much like uh, Latin, French, um, um, uh, 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 Celtic, and all those other languages, and just you know, mixed together. It looks exactly like what Singlish is now. Right now, I think we are at the starting point of something exciting. I mean, I call it a new language, but you know, it has the potential to become what English is today in 800 years time. So you've, uh, you've studied language clearly, uh, the history of language. And, and now when you look at the way 
a conversation is set, right? You know, people go online and then they just everybody can become a critic. I, yeah, I, I'm yeah. not. I'm not trying to 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 be disparaging and cast aspersions on people or, or on uh. online netizens. But how does? But how do you feel as the literary critic that you know you've had spent all this time? I got my PhD and then here you are trying to come here and criticize my no, work. No, it's fine mission. because I think a lot of them didn't know, doesn't know my training. You know, they don't know that uh, 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 I'm a writer as well. So, uh, uh, which is fine. I think my my problem has always been. Uh, the different things I do in my life uh, It's not a problem to me But it is to a problem to people who perceive me People who know me as a comic artist uh. Uh, Were very surprised when they learned that I was an academic mm. People who knew me as a poet Are surprised that I was a comic artist mm. uh, People who now know that I'm Singlish Never expected I was all these other things you mm. see. <laughs> uh, Because those are I guess stages in my life For other people they, have a con- they get a job And then they stay at the job for the last 400, uh, 40 years, sorry. Oh, <laughs> no, 40 years or so <laughs> until they yeah. retire. Yeah. And their life is pretty stable. You know, my point is that, I mean, I didn't ask for it, but I've been thrown into phases of my life. And um, mm. and they're quite often different from each other. And so, uh, for me, I can live with it because that's just life as an adventure. Mm. But I think for people who perceive it in part, they may not know the other. So if they make the kind of assumption that I, you know, they think that I'm speaking off my ass, you know, that's, 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 that's fine for me because I think that maybe they don't know uh, what I know, uh, I do, uh, what I know about myself. But you know, there are people who just being persistently uh, antagonistic. That's mm. the issue where they refuse to see the logic, uh, where they refuse to consult the proper uh, 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 um, sense. Like for example, there was this guy that I had a discussion with last month. Uh, I just gave up after a while where he insisted that, especially with this day and age, uh, that the word Amor is a derogatory word. And I, I have to say, no, so. it's not. You know, if you look at the historical document, the first use of it was never was never uh, uh, a derogatory one. It and it's not tied to the Hong Kong phase, mm. you know, the Amor Kwai. Ours mm. is actually quite distinct from that. And to consistently, consistently want to conflict Hong Kong and Singapore, it is quite insulting <laughs> because we are refusing to see that there were two different cultures altogether. Mm. The, mm. I, the mm. idea is different. The sense is also different. Uh, and here, it uh, no, it's, it's really tied to colonialism that came to our part of the world. My point here is that it really depends on uh, whether we are willing to learn. La. I mean, myself, I'm also learning, you know. I mean, uh, sometimes people tell me that, hey, actually, I think this word may have a particular origin uh, or possible origin. I'll, I'll just take note of it la, and mm. we just learn along the way. So, so you're talking about phases of your life and all, and you know you were comic artist or academic. What I also noticed that you, in every phase of your life, you seem to be doing something uncool and making it cool. Like when you <laughs> like when you wrote your your graphic novel at a point, graphic novels in Singapore that was in nineteen ninety three. Graphic novels in Singapore wasn't cool. Yeah, people didn't then uh, like and and, yeah. and you know, graphic novels wasn't cool and a Singapore graphic novel even more uncool. So <laughs> so what leads you to do all these uncool things and and also how did your graphic novel life come about? Yeah, uh, that one is a different story. Uh, uh, Made for the Stone, which is the book I did first uh, back in 19... This is not original cover. This is the new cover, uh, 20, the 20th anniversary cover back in 2013. When I did it, I was a university student in the 90s, in the early 90s. Uh, it was just accidental, you know, because firstly, uh, uh, comic books, graphic novels then, I mean, the word wasn't that popular. People just still call it comic books, right? Uh, uh, quite expensive, you know, the, mm. of the collected form. So yeah. I really either borrow from friends, 
uh, or in this case, I just wrote my own lah. You know, I mean, you can Keep also have the same fun of just yeah. writing your own. You know, hey, you know, I have a, I own a graphic novel, a comic book, and that's my book. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that that was and and I just wanted to do something long because I had a long holiday. My friends are all going to find work. You know, uh, uh. Uh, between between years in the university, uh, and uh, for me, I was like, I just draw one page a day lah, and so it literally is one page a day, so that. The story rounds out with my second year in university starting, and I was trying to finish the last few pages of the story. So, so it's almost a hundred pages. Yes, yeah. So yeah, that was that was about how long the the the, right. the holidays, the holidays was. So right. <laughs> one one page a day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so it was really just very uh systematic in a sense like that I tried to formulate a story that is enough to kill my time during the holidays. Uh, I mean, my friends make money, and then you know, from work, I wish I had. Whoops! <laughs> <laughs> but, but but you weren't famous at that time. I mean, no, you're still an undergraduate. No, and then and actually, th- this book was uh, done uh, in my. Uh, I mean, as I said, it finished as I started second year. It was not published for another year because oh, it was wow. just sitting around in right. my drawer yeah. until someone came and said, "Hey, we're gonna publish Lee Chi Chu's comics." Uh, do you know Lee Chi Chu, the guy who did lives like that and yeah, all yeah. that from the Straits Times thing? Yes. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, he, yeah. Yes, they wanted to compile his comics, you know, his oh, strips, his comic oh, strips, uh. right? And so there was this uh, publisher, um, it's, it's defunct now at the time, they wanted to do that. And then they said, like, you know, maybe you want to have two or three titles, you know. Mm. So they consulted, they asked me whether I have something to show because I did do comics at the time as well. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, short ones. Uh, and I said, yeah, I have this long thing, you know. And then they look at it and say, hmm. <laughs> oh, it wasn't like oh <laughs> yes, it was mm. no no. It was like mm. <laughs> it's it has potential, but you know who wants to read such a long comic? You know? <laughs> we want some. We want something like Lee Chi Chu's comics short. because they are short, short and sweet, sweet. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the word they used specifically was evergreen. Uh. Evergreen, mm. as in, if you come to this comic. Ten years time, you know, you'll still be enjoyable. Mm. Whereas yours, you know, who's gonna pick up and read this whole thing again, right? Mm. I mean, if one someone wants a novel, they will read a novel. Mm. They won't want to read a comic book, mm. you know. Uh, but you see, for me, I don't know. I mean, I I did enjoy the comic books I borrowed at the time. They already things like Dark Knight Returns, yes. uh, yeah. and and all that, you know. And then outside, I don't know. I kind of enjoy that medium, and uh, I just want to tell a story about a, 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 a fantastical world and I think maybe someone will enjoy it uh, and so anyway the, the good thing about the publisher at the time was that they just said oh, we'll just give it a try I mean I mean, anyway we need another book and not just Lee book uh. right so if you have two books we will launch it and, and, and they said that you know yours is not going to sell you know Lee Chi one is going to sell like crazy like, like cupcakes you know? mm. and yours is like you know just just be ready for it and it was true and it was true <laughs> at the Singapore <laughs> book festival at the time they has this thing I was just sitting at the table and nobody came. And the only person who came was my distributor and he said, hey, how, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, there's, there's, no, there's another person who came. Another person who came. This is uh, another, I mean, my, my life is made of accidental <laughs> accidents, right? The other person who came was actually the publisher of my poetry book. At the time, oh. I did not have a poetry book yet, which is how to find out who wants to buy book of poems, yeah. right? He came to me and said, hey, you know, that's an interesting book, you know. Uh, next time you want to publish anything, contact me. Oh wow! And he gave me this card. So this is Go It King. Great accident. Yeah, yes. Then now I remember one. I was like so disillusioned with my non, the non non reception of my graphic novel. 
you know, it, it literally disappeared. At one point, I saw it in the in the in the bargain bin of popular bookshop, oh, uh, selling yes. for like two dollars or something like this. Uh-huh, <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, oh, you know, it's like I could buy this whole thing. And it's cheaper than my author's copy. So when I was disillusioned with this whole comic book thing, uh, I decided to. Uh, I mean, at the time, the the poetry thing came into my life and, and it took up a stronger role. Uh, and then I contacted uh, 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 um, Landmark Books uh, mm. with that card that was sitting in my drawer for five years. Uh, and that that is another history. Story. So uh, another, another part story, of history. Uh, <laughs> <story>. <laughs> On the note of all these nice accidents that happened uh. to you and all these phases you've had, when were you the most uncool? Uh, I think I was uncool. Uh. Always been uncool. Yeah. You've always been doing uncool projects. Eh? Yeah. Graphic novel no, think, no, okay, okay. You, since you want to talk about cool and uncool, uh, the whole point about cool uh, is that by the time people understand you to be cool, you should be doing something totally uncool. Exactly. Really. What other advice will you give to young aspiring uh, writers who wish to be as prolific a, a writer as you with that many works published? Uh, you have to make time for it. Make time in your life for all these children. Uh, like like mm. you know you have kids right I mean you have to make time for them uh, not just to uh, bring them into life but also you know to to nurture whatever that will go into its making uh, and I have lost opportunities I mean my academic career right I mean which kind of like ended mm. now now 11 years I just felt like I, I can't do this job and do creative writing at the same time you know I mean I am not a multitasker I mean even though I do all these things that are different it looks like I'm multitasking but I'm not at any one time I'm just doing one thing mm. you know and, I, and and at the time there was just this pressure of work uh, my my time in the university it has its own trajectories you know I have to do publications writing journals that probably no uh, writing for journals that probably <laughs> nobody will read or very few people will appreciate and the people who read are there to criticize your article, uh. to find fault with it, right? And I don't know, I, that's very different from the whole thing I feel about creative writing. Mm. Where for creative writing, I know what I'm doing. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, when you comment on it, I think I can respond in a way that's internal to the work. Uh, it, it, the, the whole thing is different. Uh, and then it's also a very time-consuming job because literally I remember coming to work before the sunrise and leaving after the sunset. So I, for days I don't see the sun, you know, maybe I see it when I'm just going to lecture or coming, coming yeah. to and forth, um, yeah. between blocks, walking between blocks. But in terms of coming to work, and go, I, I don't remember seeing this, like always it's, I come Darkness. to work when it's dark and I leave when it's dark. And then I don't think I have any public holidays at all because I'm still working on my publications and all that. And um, I don't know, I just I just felt like it just is very consuming. And that's one thing. And if you're an artistic person, you're a creative person, there's always this thing that eats you, you know, uh, uh, and then there's this baby crying out. Mm, <laughs> you yes. know, I say like, uh, you're not paying attention to me, you know. Especially if you are worse on, in my case because I am uh, academic in literature. Yeah. Precisely the thing that I do, which is writing, and then you know there's two sides of me one that want to function as a critic and the other is to function as the writer who does the thing or the people I'm critiquing and and so it you know it it just it just was a lot of um, a lot of uh, conflict uh, in a way yeah a lot of uh, uh, you know twists and turns I feel inside and uh, uh, and I just need to make it a clean clean break so Mm. that uh, I can just focus on 
So each and time you go into a new thing is basically okay. I'm gonna focus on this right now. Sweep the table clean. The workspace yeah. clean. So and yeah. I'm gonna start. And, and you've done this for eleven years. Creative writing. Uh, no, actually, I've sense. been doing this since uh, uni days. I, but, but, I've yeah. been doing He's this <laughs> I think that's the that's the problem, you know. I mean, if you you know, people don't understand this. Uh, in your twenties, uh, when you're young, uh, whatever you do, uh, it's never gonna go away. That's uh, mm. okay. No, no. It's, it, we we think that we have. I'm I'm talking so fast about phrases, right? But in a way, some things don't go away. The things you do when you're really young, uh, they are probably the thing that matters to you most. And you don't realize that you know you think you can move on, like you know at the time maybe young you are like really love photography and all, and then you go on to become something else, and you think that you left that behind. Mm. I don't think so, because at that time maybe you had more time to think about your passion more than yeah, just surviving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then later on you kind of have this you know feeling about. Uh, 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 the thing you want to do mm. and you imagine that when you retire maybe you'll go back to photography or something mm. like this and there was a thinking when I was doing my academic work as in like am I going to wait another 20-30 years before I do the thing I want to do you know by the time I may have run out of ideas mm. uh, by, the, by the time I might, I might be dead you know you never know right these days yeah. so you, you are saying that you kept yourself uh, motivated all these years because you kept in touch with yourself when you were in your 20s yeah even till today uh i think it's, it's the intensity of my 30s that was the problem uh, i really was like working like crazy and then i realized at one, one point what am i doing all this for what you know am i, I mean what am i wasting the best mm. years of my life doing you yeah. know uh, 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 and i'm not sure i'm i'm seeing clarity anymore you know of, of what I, I i i wanted and so originally the idea is just to take a few years break it's not supposed to last 11 years I was like, okay, what I'll do is I'll save money when I'm when I'm still working, right? And after that, this will pay for my for my subsequent number Lifestyle, of years. Lifestyle, yeah. And once I dip, once I dip into my savings, that's the end. That means I cannot survive. Yes. Right. Mm. So whatever I do, I have to earn enough for the year in order to let me do the things I want to do. Mm. But once I start to dip into my savings, that means I'm not doing it correctly mm. right so, so that I was your indication yes so i gave myself two or three years la. and then and, and, and the, the good thing about whole this whole thing is uh uh also is that uh lifestyle expectations for me i'm a very simple person uh i don't i don't i don't spend on a lot of things mm. and I, I save whatever i can uh uh so in that sense uh it helped la. it made the dollar stretched mm. So I, uh, I after a while I realized, hey, before I know it, it's eleven years. It's like I could actually survive like that. Based on your experience now, then uh, having been doing this for so many years, what kind of what is Singapore literature today in like? Ah, uh, I mean, yeah, how, how how it's evolved. I think I we 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 moved beyond uh, all these concerns with national identity. Like there was a time when that was a kind of dominant thing that yeah. writers keep talking about. Uh, at least we have gone beyond that kind of uh, reflection, you know, uh, to deal with other aspects of life. You know, there's more to writing and living than thinking about communal identities, right? Uh, and people have done it in many ways. Like people either write as a way to push for justice, or people write because they want to explore aesthetics, uh, you know, uh, to 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 understand beauty, uh, to see you know possibilities in words. Uh, 
uh, you know, and explore fantasy worlds, worlds and all. Mm-hmm. Now the trend is to write to get international attention. You know, get international awards, yeah. get international recognition. I think it's still the same thing. In a in a sense, this sort of push, both types of pushes are pushes are still the same, right? I mean, in a sense that they are really about general social trends yep. and how the writer should fit into that trend. Yeah. How do I previously write for national identity? Now is how should I write to get international recognition? Uh, it's important for the writer to understand. Or the artist to understand himself or herself and the place in the world, in the in, in his or her world, you know. What but, would you say to yourself now uh, if you could talk to yourself and you're the most uncool? When I was most uncool, I don't yeah. know. I'm still uncool. Okay, I've always been uncool, I think. <laughs> but if you're asking me what would I say to my younger self, uh, the uh, pre-published uh, person, uh, I would just say, uh, trust yourself. Uh, trust yourself. Um, trust your instinct and um, go with what you think is right for yourself. Where can our listeners follow you on social media? Guizila uh, for Instagram. Facebook, I'm on with my name, like really sweet, but I'm not going to add you as friends. Sorry. I, I've learned this. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, learned, I've, I've learned my lesson. Uh, previously, uh, I add indiscriminately and then people come on to my page and Basically, politicize it. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to The Uncool or rate us five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Freelance Creative Exchange and you can find more episodes of The Uncool or others in our series. And then you click follow. Also, share with us and celebrate the uncool moments by going to any social media platforms and using the hashtag FCEUncool. We want to hear from you. And remember, it's cool to be uncool. Thank you.